Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's podcast time. <laughs> Crazy and media. If you guys don't know what that's from, cool runnings. Cool runnings. Yes, yes. <laughs> All we need is the uncola now. You yeah, know, you know, like I was seven up. You remember? I loved those old commercials with the uncola. Right. It's so funny, man. It's so funny. Well, nothing that what I just said has anything to do with our guest today. Uh, Jonathan Sadowski coming on the show. Oh, my goodness. So super excited. Yes. Young and hungry. Shit, my dad says. Like, so much stuff that this guy's been on and i mean he's more than just an actor too that's right he's a chef that's right <laughs> yeah uh, i mean and, and and he can prove it because he was on um chopped he was and, and i mean he was a badass yeah so. runner up runner up should have been uh finished first because the guy who won was literally a chef as well right so it doesn't really make sense no but uh no. he was rigged he was robbed uh <laughs> man i mean we're pulling for him though we're signing a petition we're doing all that. like stuff. seriously and he gives us the inside scoop on shatner yes and who doesn't want to know the inside scoop on shatner oh my that's goodness. all i'm saying i'm so excited for everybody to hear that story because that's just <laughs> so, so freaking funny, funny yeah. so excited uh but anyway guys that is later on in the show now Let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're back on video for episode 138. Yes, I just want to apologize to all those YouTube fans out there. I forgot to charge the batteries. Uh, it, <laughs> it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. Oh, man. But, I mean, of course, just go back and listen. It was a hell of a time. Jeremy Gordon and, I mean, so many other. Billy Joel. Oh, I mean, my God. We had Billy Joel on. The top five alone is worth going back and listening. It's so. It was so good. Exactly. And, 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 and Stacy sings. Yeah, she does. I mean, she, she literally sang a line from, like, Every one of our songs. It exactly. was fantastic. So good, man. So good. Well, you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Guys, we got a lot to talk about. We really Woo! do. A lot of uh, furloughs happening. I mean, yes. as I know, the yes. whole entertainment industry is being affected right now, um, especially with Disneyland and the parks. We'll get mm-hmm. into it. Um, we got some more 90s cartoons that are coming back. We got a whole bunch of stuff, really. That's it, man. If you were a 90s cartoon creator, you're loving it yeah seriously i mean your shit is coming back everywhere so. exactly exactly but you guys know before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com yes. where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear all weekend long this weekend you get 15 percent off anything and everything that's on our website so be sure to start shopping because christmas is just around the corner that is a solid deal 15 percent oh yeah it's inexpensive to begin with you exactly. know high quality but low price but then you get an additional 15 percent. come on exactly come on. exactly and we're gonna have some black friday deals and then of course everybody knows we'll be releasing the holiday merchandise yes. on thanksgiving so just stay tuned for all that guys but we appreciate everybody who's been buying up the crazy ant media gear we love you we love you <laughs> uh, but we got a we got some sad news man we got some uh, really sad news yeah. dustin and i both are huge fans of jeopardy and of course that also means huge fans of alex trebek yes and i mean i'm sure everyone saw he passed away this week after losing his battle with uh, pancreat- pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Uh, it's super freaking sad, man. 80. 80 years old. I mean, hell of a life. Like, 
I, he's got the best one-liners I've ever heard. Oh, like, without doubt. I mean, it's so super sad. And the crazy thing is, they I mean, everybody knows they don't just film one episode a day. So then for until like Christmas Day, I think, is his last episode that's going to air. Yep. Uh, so I, Yeah, because he was literally in the studio filming episodes like a week before. all the way up. Yeah, just a week before he died. Mm. So, I mean, just... I know. Uh, October twenty, and it, uh, just and this is the crazy thing: more than eight thousand episodes of Jeopardy that he hosted. Yeah. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most uh, talk, uh, host game show host uh, episodes ever on TV. Yeah, um, just. I don't know, man. I, I, and now, of course, the the talk has begun. You know, who's going to replace him? Um, should you replace him? Like, like I guess there's a petition for LeVar Burton. Yeah. Um, I like LeVar Burton, but this ain't Reading Rainbow, and he's not <laughs> Alex Trebek. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. Um, I, I don't personally think you should keep going. Yeah. But it's a cash cow, so I don't think that's an option for yeah. Sony. But if it was me, something's just – Forget the money, man. How do you replace Alex Trebek? I know. It's super hard. It's super duper hard. And I mean, we talked about last week all of the Jeopardy greats making their own show. Um, But I think Ken Jennings, I mean, he's been brought on as a producer for Jeopardy. So, I mean, just make him the host. I feel like since he literally is the greatest of all time, make him the new host. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, everything's kind of up in the air right now. And like I said, Alex's last air date for Jeopardy is going to be on Christmas Day. So, I'm definitely going to tune into that one just to see what that was like and i mean if any sense of maybe he knew because i mean we see that sometimes when people who are about to pass away like they come to grips with everything they Mm -hmm. make amends with everybody so yeah i'm gonna tune in on christmas day it's gonna be super sad but i mean you know i mean it's alex trebek it's ah, it mm. sucks, man. It really sucks. It does. Rest in peace, and of course, condolences go out to the family and everybody who was on his team at Jeopardy. I'm sure everybody's gonna love and miss him. It's it's absolutely it's wild. It is getting choked up. I'm okay. Disney going over to Disney. <laughs> Disney Walt Disney Blue Pass Wall Street estimate last quarter, uh, but it's still in the red of his revenue That's because right. of Disneyland. Disneyland is a huge contributor to their overall revenue. So this sucks. This this sucks, and now we're seeing that parks won't even open until after December 31st. Yeah, yeah, they are still adamant about keeping Disneyland. California yeah, is California. adamant about keeping Disneyland closed. Disney wants to open it, but California is just saying no. Um, it, it, I mean, it was good news. They did beat Wall Street estimates, so that's good news. It and is. the stocks did see a nice little soar after that. Um, we found out today uh, that you know a lot of Wall Street analysts have have upgraded the buy, so the stocks saw another uptick. Uh, today so that's good but man if there was any doubt as to where the revenue comes from in disney it is those parks guys this is a staggering number they took 2.4 billion dollar loss just in the fourth quarter from the parks being closed and overall this entire year they have lost 6.9 billion dollars from the parks being closed that's 6.9 billion in just the parks division yeah then you add in that the movies weren't going anywhere they Mm. weren't coming out anywhere and the loss that they took on that just damn yeah it's rough it's really rough but i mean it's not all bad for disney no not all bad because i mean their streaming service disney plus is fucking huge right now and i mean just going surpassing their numbers that their expectations were and i mean but 
I mean, like, we're at 73.7 million subscribers as of September 30th. Probably a little bit more than that right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's insane. They thought, what, two and a half years, three years before they even got to this number? Yeah. I mean, and they were saying five years before they would crack 100 million. Yeah. So, I, I, I that's coming. I think January. Fuck. Right? <laughs> like, you never know. Like, literally last time we talked about it, in like, around August, September, like, they were 15 million below this number. And yeah. now, like... I mean, shit, fucking every three months, you're going to put 15 more, 15 million more, like, subscribers. Like, yeah. they're catching up to Netflix real quick. Really fast. And and ESPN is now over 10 million subscribers. ESPN Plus, for the first time in its history. Yeah. Hulu, 36.6 million subscribers. So, figure the math out on that, guys. They're well over 100 million total subscribers on, on their streaming platforms. That's like, yeah... Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if uh, Ted and Reed are hearing the Jaws theme song. Dun, right, dun, exactly. Because they're, they're coming, coming man. <laughs> they are coming. You guys are in trouble. You thought five years you had, but no. no. It looks like January or February, these guys might go over $100 million at just Disney+. Plus. Y'all are in trouble. Yeah. Y'all are in trouble. We should say that, yeah, based on all of the new ones that came out, Apple and Peacock and HBO Max, and all, Disney by a landslide is kicking ass above yeah. everybody else. None of the others have even come close to those type numbers. Um whether that's Mandalorian, whether that's Hamilton, whatever the case may be, the Marvel, you know, old Marvel movies on there and everything. Whatever it is, they are whooping ass. They that's are. that's it's incredible, man. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, plus with all Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, of course, we're talking about the bundle. So Hulu has also gained subscribers. They're at 36.6 million subscribers right now. And those definitely are impressive. But, of course, they're expected to lose some in the physical year of uh, until 2024. Just to, you know, it's a balancing act to see what people like testing the waters out. But I really think the bundle is the future. And, I mean, if Apple makes a deal with all these streaming services, yeah. that bundle is definitely the future. Yeah, and I'm not buying that. 2024 profitability stuff i think no, they're gonna i think be it's profitable sooner. before that yeah because yeah, like maybe you, two years yeah you can't add 15 million subscribers every month and not expect to start making money quick exactly. i mean that, that's got to be i know Iger was adamant about oh it's going to take a few years for us to see a profit but it's going to be blah, blah. i think it's going to happen much faster than they thought yeah Completely agree, man. Completely agree. But, I mean, like we were talking about, furloughs are happening at Disney with Disneyland and, I mean, Disney World, but most most of it being Disneyland because, yeah. like we talked about, California is not going to reopen it back up. Um, and there's no sign from the California officials that uh, the, theme the theme park will reopen anytime in the near future. Nope. In September, Disney laid off like 28,000 of its staff in the U.S. theme parks, and those uh, cuts came at an executive salary and hourly level, although the bulk of the hit, or like around 67%, fell to the part-time workers. Yeah. So... I mean, it's super crazy, man. It's coming at every single level, but I mean, it really sucks. It's I, super unfortunate. It is, and kudos to Disney for at least doing this. For all of the people that they are furloughing right now, they will continue to be able to maintain their health insurance and benefits. Yeah. The company's going to pay both the company's contribution and the employee's contribution to the health care so that they don't lose their health care. Um, and they will be able to use their paid time off to be able to get that. And they will be allowed to file for unemployment 
and then still get their job back even if they file unemployment. Because yeah. a lot of the companies who furloughed employees, if they went ahead and filed unemployment, they just cut them loose and yeah, they exactly. couldn't come back after the furlough. So at least Disney is doing that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if you're a part of their organization in any sort of way, they're trying to take care of you. Of course, these are bad times for everybody, but they're trying to do the best they can, at least what it seems like. So it's super awesome to see. And like we talked about before, what I brought up a little bit earlier, uh, hotels – I mean, we talked about that the Disneyland is not even thinking about opening up yeah. before uh, September or December 31st, and hotels are not even taking uh, reservations for that uh, for that little gap of time. So, I mean, everything's wild right now, man. And I mean, plus with this new round, this new wave of COVID that they're expecting to come hit with uh, the winter months. So, I have no idea. I don't see it anytime soon. Uh, maybe next summer. Maybe. Maybe, maybe like, yeah. I mean, Fauci's still out there saying that winter we're going to see another huge breakout. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And we're going to continue bad news because it's not just the parks and, and, and the corporate side. Apparently the production side hasn't got all of their shit together yet either. Yeah, this is um, interesting. Yeah. Carly Hughes, uh, you might know her from American Housewife. She was a regular. She's the only black person that is a regular in the cast yeah she has apparently departed the series i'm sure you guys saw that after the first four seasons alexing uh, alleging alexing <laughs> alexing alexing Alexa. alleging <laughs> a toxic work environment yeah. and apparently after she complained disney did do an internal investigation and it was there was some shit going on and yeah. and they fired some people um it, it, it's it's interesting. Following it, they let go of the the show creator yeah. Sarah Dunn and the um, producer on the show Mark G Greenberg stepped down also. So, and they were hoping that that would satisfy, but apparently it did not. Yeah. And she continued to leave the show anyway, saying that it's just not what she wants to be a part of. So, yeah. um, if she feels uncomfortable and she feels like she's being mistreated, good for her. Like, I mean, stand up for yourself, stand up for your rights, and like. Fuck y'all. It, it, it just goes to show that even with all of the positive stuff that we've seen in the Me Too movement, it, there's still some stuff that's just not good. Right. Yeah, agreed. You know, we still have a long way to go. So Agreed. Mm. And I mean, it's not all – well, this is kind of bad because we just, <laughs> we just started watching Good Doctor. All right, guys. Yes. And I mean, don't judge us. No, don't. don't judge we're, us. we're hopping on. It's okay. Sorry. Uh, Richard Schiff and his wife, Sheila Kelly, which I didn't even know these two were married. Yes. Uh, but they both have COVID-19, but they are in isolation and it's not affecting the production of the show. So it will continue going on and hopefully they can just isolate themselves, get rid of it, and then come back. Um, then, like – for the temporary absence, they're going to be like trying to bounce around with the storylines and figure everything out. Right. So hopefully nothing will be interfered with like that and uh, no more delays. But, I mean, of course, there's going to be more delays. Exactly. And we should say they did not catch it in any way, shape, or form on yeah, the good doctor. Outside. It was outside. So um, so don't the set has not been contaminated. It wasn't a set thing. It They got it somewhere else. The scary thing is, is that they found out about it on election day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, remember it was just a couple of weeks prior to that that Richard Schiff and the West Wing gang were doing the reunion for – 
um, the election stuff. So yeah. I'm hoping that it's not anything there that somebody else there didn't right. get it because, I mean, that'd be scary for it would be Martin scary. Sheen. I mean, yeah, so. I mean, because he's up there. I know. So I, I, You know, I love the good doctor, but I can't stop calling him Toby. <laughs> I know, I, you can't. Like, I know he's Glassman, Dr. Glassman, and uh, but I just keep calling him Toby. And then when he had the, the um, yo-yo, I'm thinking that's just a replacement for the racquetball for, for Toby. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I, I just, but it's a great uh, show, guys. Yeah, it show. is a really good show. Um, and I mean, more casting announcement for this huge medical drama, Triage, that is coming to ABC. Kathleen Robertson from Murder in the First is uh, set to lead opposite of Parissa Fritz Henley and Michael Ely uh, in the upcoming uh, medical drama, Triage. So, I mean, this one is racking up people, man. Like, yeah, damn. yeah. I, I, this is that one we were talking about where it's going to take place over a series of three decades. I yeah. don't know if they're going to do flashbacks and stuff like This Is Us kind of thing, but it definitely sounds interesting, and there's no doubt about it. Medical dramas are the thing right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, NBC's racking them up, like, you know, so, um, and I guess we're going to just continue to see it. Yeah. And when Grays goes off after the end of this year, because Ellen certainly doesn't seem to be making any secret mm-hmm. about no. it. Uh, <laughs> they're going to need things to fill that hole. Good yeah. Doctor is great, you know, but you're going to need another one, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, this next one, I think, is definitely just a counter thing to Celebrity Family Feud. Oh, we uh, ABC has ordered Celebrity Will of Fortune, and it's going to be a spinoff series. Uh, it's going to make its primetime debut, and of course, it's going to have Sajak. It's going to have Miss White, and I mean, the contestants are going to be trying to do all this stuff for their choice of charities, and it's going to be like a, a million dollars prize for their choice of charities. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, watching them more recently, though, I for sure think they have something going on mm. Mm. that's <laughs> mm. long been the rumor yeah, yeah. but and they play with that rumor they all do. the time they fuck with people about it so i don't know i'm honestly surprised this didn't happen sooner honestly uh, yeah. because celebrity jeopardy is a huge thing and jeopardy and um you know wheel of fortune are owned by the same people yeah and and they're produced by the same people so i'm really shocked that this did not happen sooner than this right but um i agree abc's just rolling with these celebrity game shows yeah so definitely and i mean of course the holidays are right around the season we are almost in the midst so uh disney channel has announced that it has an original christmas movie in the works uh christmas again it has started production scarlett estevez uh daniel sanjata uh, (laughs) alexis cara and uh priscilla lopez are set to star uh the holiday movie centers around roe a high speed period of 11 year old hoping to add more spunk to her christmas celebrations and when her parents divorce uh it goes anything but smoothly and hoping to get back in the swing of things uh just did the dad has a new girlfriend and just a whole bunch of wild family drama but you know disney is always good for that uh, <laughs> always uh but yeah christmas movie i bet they all get back together as a big happy family even with the new girlfriend or whatever blah 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 but yeah Woo! <laughs> Disney Channel. I'm just stoked because Roe is Scarlett Estevez, and if yeah. you guys are Lucifer fans, you know exactly who that is, Decker's daughter, and she's just a gem of a little actress, and yeah. I think she's got a huge career in front of her, so I'm stoked that she's kind of getting the lead in a film. That's right? fantastic. It so. is pretty cool, man. It really is. Um, Fox has also handed uh, Katie Greenway's hybrid animated single cam project Demigod, a script mm. commitment, and is in development. The project uh, internally via Fox Entertainment, Demigod follows a powerless fast food employee <laughs> who escapes into a fantasy world that she has created in her favorite video game. And only to have a turn against her, the virtual townspeople are granted uh, to 
for the game's upgrade. So yeah. it's very interesting. It very much sounds like uh, these kids are on drugs or who the creator was on drugs when they made this thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, this this is an odd premise, but it's a cartoon. Yeah. And it's on Fox, so it'll be successful. I feel like you I have mean, a lot of leeway with the animated series. Yeah. Like, you can do whatever you want. And if you're on Fox, you're successful. Yeah. I mean, they how, what, it's like season 200 for The Simpsons. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just crazy if you're on Fox. <sighs> We talked about this at the top. Yep. If you're a 90s creator and a cartoon creator, you are just loving this right now. Another one apparently is on the way, being rebooted. Uh, this one for Disney Plus, apparently. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. <laughs> I, I mean, I liked Darkwing Duck. It was early 90s, 91, 92. Yeah. Um, it, w- it was fun. It was a cool cartoon, but uh, another one? Yeah. Like, come on, guys. I, I mean, just. <sighs> I know. It, it sucks. It really sucks. Uh, no writer is currently attached to the project, but Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, James Weaver, and a couple other people are set on to produce the thing of uh, Point Grey Pictures. Yes. So, so Seth Rogen is everywhere. He really is. He's behind the scenes now on everything. He, yeah, so, he's I mean, way, doing way more behind the scenes now than he is in front of the camera. Yeah, producing, directing, like just, I mean, all kinds of shit, man. Good for him, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. And uh, this next one, uh, Favreau opened up a gate that... That I don't think should have been open. Maybe for the first two that he did, but everybody else wants to come and make their own now. Uh, maybe a live-action Lilo and Stitch. And uh, John, John M. Chu is in negotiation to uh, direct this thing. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. You yeah, guys know that him. guy. Yeah, that guy. So, do we need this? I know. The Lilo and Stitch? I mean, I, and of course, we've got the 101 Dalmatians coming with Emma Stone. Yeah. And like, like, just all these live-action reboots that we just... I don't know. When does it stop? When does it stop? But but we save the best Disney news for last because we know all of you guys are geeks like us. You know you've been waiting for this. We finally have a date, y'all. We finally have a date. Yes. WandaVision, the first official MCU project to be on television from the MCU. WandaVision, we have a date. That's the good news. Yeah. The bad news is it's not December like we thought. No. It's not going to be December. But not long after that, January 15th, just yeah. a couple weeks after. So January 15th of 2021, so just a few weeks away, it finally hits. Yeah, It makes sense. I mean, all the delays, all the COVID stuff, now trying to revamp and figure out yeah. how they're going to pace the movies because WandaVision plays a big part in the movies coming up. Um, so, but... Look, I'm excited as shit because you see the success Star Wars is having. Oh, yeah. You know the Marvel shows are going to do as well or better. So, I mean, it's just boom. And here we get it. We're finally going to get it. And the fucking promos, the latest commercial is just fucking brilliant. Right. And I just – I think the show is going to be epic. Yeah. I, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, especially I'm thinking it's going to be like a limited series, right? That Like just one season? I, th- I think so because yeah. – yeah, because it's setting up. A storyline in the movies. Yeah. So and I, I think, but you never know. Yeah, you know. I mean, you don't know anything with Disney and Marvel. I mean, yeah. they, they, they could have 18 seasons planned for all we fucking know. I don't know. But I'm excited just to get the limited series. Just yeah. to finally have an MCU television show on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Well, now heading over to the Bunny, Warner Media. Uh, they are also going through some bad things because mm. Disney isn't the only one feeling the squeeze of the pandemic. Uh, they are 
Warner Media is also laying off some people. Uh, a significant round of layoffs at Warner Media started this week as well, and the company has seen multiple staff reductions since the accusation 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 of uh, <laughs> Time Warner when that closed in 2018, trying to figure everything out. Uh, sources say that while COVID-19 has certainly taken a toll on its revenue from the theatrical release uh, films and the TV advertising, a large part of the layoffs are part of a strategic revamp uh that has been long in the works uh, right remember they, <laughs> yeah they announced that they knew the, you knew this was coming they said they're reorganizing and reshifting and doing the priority so we knew these layoffs were coming yeah. so it's not like a big surprise but it still sucks it does suck. it sucks for all the people getting laid off i mean even if you knew it was coming it's and i can't think of a worse time of year to lay people off yeah. than the holiday season it's never you know yeah. a good thing so it's pretty unfortunate, man. It's pretty unfortunate. Uh, I mean, just like we talked about, Johnny Depp's uh, kind of dismissal, taking away thing, dismissal from uh, Fantastic Beats. Beast 3, um, it has pushed back the film a little bit. It's going to be released uh, on November 12th of 20 – or no, it's going to be July 15th of 2022, yep. and it was November 12th of 2021. Um, yeah, that that's kind of crazy. They're already looking for new actors. Apparently, they think uh, Mads Mikkelsen, yep. Mikkelsen is coming on to uh, replace Johnny. And what's crazy is, guys, what's crazy – I mean, Johnny only worked like one or two two or maybe even three days and he's still gonna get a whole freaking paycheck for this yep. thing getting his whole salary for yeah, it but, like, um, so that even more so sucks you're laying a shit ton of people off but you're gonna pay johnny eight million something dollars for one day's work yep like what the fuck sign the dotted mean, line man pay or play pay like, or play and you know you gotta do it and so of course, you know, now we're talking about just another delayed movie, another, you know, it's being pushed back to 2022. So the big question is, this is the question that everybody keeps asking, you know, uh, what about Wonder Woman? What about Wonder Woman? What about Wonder Woman? Well, apparently, Warner Brothers is considering an HBO Max drop yeah. for Wonder Woman. But, but we all know Patty Jenkins... Mm-mm. She ain't having no part of it not being in the theaters. So if they do do this on HBO Max, apparently sources are saying that it would still be released in theaters on Christmas Day and then a couple of weeks later dropped on HBO Max in January. So that would be the plan. But that's only if they decide to keep it on Christmas. They're also looking at potentially delaying it until sometime next year so that it can be a full-out rollout in the theaters. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying is we still don't have a definitive answer no on Wonder Woman happen. 1984. We don't know. It's either going to be like December, January, or the summer after that. That's like, right. So I, yeah. But like, what we do know, and we were talking about this before we started recording, is whatever they decide with Wonder Woman will almost wholeheartedly play in what happens to Black Widow. Agreed. Because they seem to be following each other's paths, and they're kind of like, you know, the bunny and the mouse are always very strategically playing the chess game. So we'll see. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, right. It's absolutely bonkers, man. Super, super crazy. Yes. Uh, now, going over to the CW. Yes. Uh, Black Lightning has up some people for a series regulars. Yep. Uh, Chantal Thuy. Yep. Uh, who plays a shape-shifting uh, metahuman. Uh, Grace Choi, uh, like I said, she's been upgraded to a se series regular, and she's appeared as a recurring character in the first season as she developed her relationship with uh, Anisha, and who is also known as um, Metahuman Thunder. Yes. Uh, 
And uh, they broke ground on TV because they were the first on-screen queer superhero couple of color. So, yes. I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that she's going to become a whole freaking regular. Yes. Uh, I mean, kudos to Greg uh, Berlanti and the whole gang at the CW because they have not shied away from uh, from going hardcore deep into the LGBTQ community and the biracial and the and the color and, and you know, diversity and everything has been a huge issue with them and they have been the leader, I think, you know, uh, leading the way the Arrowverse has yeah. in seeing these steps come to fruition. So good to them. I mean, seriously. Definitely, definitely. Well, Don Cheadle is also making moves, man, making moves. Uh, freaking Radical Act Banner and HBO Max have inked an development deal uh, for a dark comedy series titled Max. Max focuses on a black millennial woman who is trying to judge her her intense professional life with her intricate sex life with some light sociopath tendencies. So yeah, that's all we know right now, but I'm already intrigued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm. I mean, I feel like maybe her sex life is intricate and a little confusing because she's a sociopath. She's a sociopath. But I mean, I'm just guessing that could cause some problems. I'm just saying. Don Cheadle, though, I mean, he, again, another one that's kind of creatively making the move behind the scenes and, uh, and, and working hard with his partner. So that should be an interesting one. Yeah, super excited, man. Super excited. And especially about this one. Yeah. Matthew Perry happily announced that his highly anticipated reunion with all of his friends and my friends and everybody's <laughs> friends uh, is being rescheduled to tape of March of 2021. So that is just around the corner, guys. I know everything has been up in the air like we've talked about. Uh, but yes, I mean, the plans are still being finalized, but early next year is indeed uh, the target area yes. for filming. So. And it wasn't just Matt. It, that that's coming straight from HBO Max. They, yeah, they confirmed that that tweet was indeed accurate. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's what over, we announced this thing a year ago, guys. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah, I mean, and now it's finally gonna happen. Boom. So. Yeah, there you go. Super pumped, man. Super pumped. Uh, Viacom CBS going over to Paramount Pictures. It's moving forward with a Quiet Place franchise. So there's going to be a third one, and it's already in the works. Yep. Uh, freaking, they already got a different director and writer for this project, Jeff Nichols. Uh, he is going to write and direct the third film based on the original idea from the one and only John Krasinski. Yes. And everybody knows uh, Krasinski co-wrote and directed the original and uh, wrote and directed the series sequel as well we still haven't seen still haven't seen (laughs) um so that it's kind of interesting to me like the script must be really i mean the idea i should just say the idea because jeff is going to write the script so the idea must be really freaking good but it's instances like this where like is three too much i mean i feel like one and two probably covered the whole ground but it's three too much i feel like so. the, the, so some people are talking about it being like um a walking dead type move where krasinski's gonna take it outside of the the little area that we're familiar like a whole different section of the world yeah. and like a whole so who knows i mean he's a brilliant guy though but and, i uh, mean this is also like building a universe in this time and is 
that too much. I feel like, eh, like, I mean, we've got some more stuff that's kind of like that. Well, I'll bring it up when we get to those points. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like sometimes you're just beating a dead horse, in my opinion. <laughs> just appreciate something that's great, okay? Just appreciate something I mean, that's yeah, great. I mean, yeah, I would have been fine if they ended it after the first one. Yeah. I can't say anything about the second because fuck haven't COVID. We it. haven't seen it because like, of COVID. But, I mean, I just feel like that would have been an excellent standalone horror film. Yeah. And move on. Exactly. You know. Completely agree. Uh, CBS has filled in the last bigging mi- bigging big missing piece for its <laughs> fall schedule and it's the Friday night lineup uh, the network has set Friday December 4th for the season's premiere of MacGyver season 5 Magnum PI season 3 and Blue Bloods uh, which is season 11 I can't believe that's 11 years already I know it doesn't Bloods seem is. like that it right it doesn't but mom, mom's excited that's yeah. all we can say mom's excited exactly exactly well Chuck Lore is one of the biggest guys for television right now because he's literally got fucking like what six on air series right now and apparently about to have another one yes uh just given a series order to the united states of ai no al 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 <laughs> if it was the united states of ai we were being taken over uh, by yeah robots. yeah like, that would have been scary i yeah. mean you know yeah uh, but yeah it's gonna be a multi-camera comedy pilot from chuck lore and uh, the order comes brings like i said the current uh, sheet of work that he has with CBS to five. Yes. So man, he's fucking rocking and rolling. I mean, seriously, he's got what? What is it? it it's Young Sheldon, Mom, Bob loves Abishola, and Be Positive, which we talked about. That's a new one coming on this yeah. season. So all on CBS now with Al. You know, so that that's crazy. Yeah. And then he's got Comiskey, uh, the Comiskey Method on Netflix. Yeah. So he ties Norman Lear's legendary record of having six. Or seven, seven on at one time. Yeah. Comedy shows on at one time in a season, which is pretty crazy. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, like you know, he it's still nowhere near Berlanti, who yeah. has like literally a show on every network yeah. and every streamer. But we're talking just specifically comedy shows. Yeah. So c- congrats to him, though. I mean, you know, yeah, kicking ass. Definitely, he yeah. survived the whole Charlie Sheen thing and yeah. like two and a half men kind of scandal, and yeah. you know. He's rocking and rolling. He's doing all right. I (laughs) think he's doing okay. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Uh, Marnie Carpenter uh, from Criminal Minds and Good Girls is set to star as a series regular opposite of Rebecca Breed. Yes. And uh, CBS (laughs) is Clarice. Uh, Additionally, Jane Atkinson from Criminal Minds and House of Cards. So many others that came onto this one. Like we said, this is uh, set in the, like, Silence of the Lambs universe. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man. I I think this is going to be a really cool show. Um, So... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see that relationship outside of the movie yeah. and kind of like what goes on. And I, I just think it, it's risky. Anytime you have a huge film like that, it's risky to kind of take it to TV or expand the story. But I think this one's worth the risk. I think it's going to be awesome. I think so too, man. I think so too. Now heading over to NBC Universal. Uh, Chicago Fire has been paused. Mm. Er, time out er. uh, for its ninth season. Get the season. extinguisher. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Freaking yeah. <laughs> two weeks due to several individuals on the show's production. Uh, believed to be in zone one and they all tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, I mean, they followed the guidelines and sometimes it's just not enough. I mean, there's so much unknown about this virus right now. So it makes sense. Uh, pause for 14 days at the moment. 
Um, but yeah, it's wild. We could explain Zone One to you because we had to go through all of it for the film that we're getting ready to shoot, and I can tell you, it's insane. It is the zones and the requirements and and the the things that you have to go through for all this. So the fact that you can do all that and somebody still get it. It's just mind-boggling to me. So wear your fucking masks, exactly. wash your hands, put on gloves if you have to. But, guys, if you could see the guidelines that these people have to go through and know that you can still get it, that should tell you everything you need to know. Agreed. Like, honestly, it's crazy. Agreed, man. Agreed. Uh, Universal is closing uh, close, close to finalizing close. the deal with uh, Michael Bay. And, I mean, of course, it's going to be an action film, but it's going to be a little bit on the thriller side. Mm. Ambulance. It's going to star mm. possibly Jake Gyllenhaal. He's in negotiations right now. Uh, Bay is fast-tracking the project and is talking to other actors to join uh, Gyllenhaal and plans to shoot on, ta- on like, around January. So, yeah. I mean, details are being kept under wraps by insiders say the film is a vein of the great action thrillers of the 90s like Speed and Bad Boys. And I'm sure a lot of people remember he directed bad boys uh, yes so, he did yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting man yeah and they're not they're not shying away they're going after some big movies man universal is also in development on the high octane action comedy based on a vietnam film saigon bodyguards so when you think saigon bodyguards uh, you normally think chris pratt it makes <laughs> right. total sense right well it does apparently chris pratt is attached to star in the film with Wu jing Wu Jing is a huge uh, Vietnamese and Asian star, so uh, if you guys aren't familiar. Saigon Bodyguards focuses on two pals. One a straight arrow, the other a doof. <laughs> Not my words, I swear to God, that's the logline. Buddy one cop. Doof. Like, I mean, it's just going to be another buddy cop, I feel like. Yes, so, uh, apparently a corporate heir gets kidnapped right under their noses as they're watching her. So, rush hour? So, yeah, basically, <laughs> I mean, that's what this sounds like, like but... But it's Chris Pratt, so I'm down. Yeah. Chris Pratt, everything he does is like awesome, so Agreed. I'm totally down. Agreed. Uh, this next one, eh, what, I mean, whatever. But I'm kind of happy that he's a part of it at least because, I mean, it makes more sense. Uh, Universal Pictures and Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia's Seven Bucks production are in development on a reboot of The Scorpion King. Now you're going to ask us, oh, does that mean he's coming back as Scorpion King? No, No. that is not what that (laughs) means. Uh, This man is literally booked, packed, busy as hell until 2022. So uh, they're going to be looking for different people to play the role. But he, I think he's going to make a little cameo. I don't even think he's going to play the same character he played in the original. Mm -mm. So I mean, he's going to make a little uh, cameo somewhere in this film. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whatever. 2022 with film projects and all that kind of stuff. I. I wouldn't be surprised if if he was done after that because long has been the rumor that he's considering a presidential run. That'd be crazy. If he 2022 wraps up, you would pretty much have to start the presidential campaign for 2024 if that was the case. Yeah. Of course, if Kamala does really well and everything is great, then then that won't be an issue. Oh, my God. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just, you know. Kamala and The Rock. Holy shit. What? <laughs> that would be crazy. You can is smell that, what they're cooking. Is that your bodyguard? No, that's my VP. That's <laughs> like, right. I mean, that would be insane, man. It really would. Ain't nobody mess with that. Hell no. Like, like, Who would want to debate that? Yeah. You know, he'd What'd just you be say? standing there, and if he disagrees, you just shoot him that eye, and you'd be like, "Fuck it, nope." Take a break right. out of a suit and like it'll flex. <laughs> like it'd be fucking crazy. Woo, okay. uh, I'm super excited about this next one though because Jordan Peele is yes. definitely one of the best 
uh, creators right now that is not making reboots. He's coming up with all of his own ideas. <laughs> and his next horror film has gotten a release date. Uh, the latest uh, from the Oscar winner will hit the theaters uh, July 22nd of 2022 via Universal. Uh, there are no details about this project other than of the two titles that we mentioned that Peel signed his rich five-year overall feature deal with the studio. He will write, direct, and uh, produce both according to his 2019 announcement. Yeah, so, so that's exciting. And you're right. He is one of the rare creators out there right now doing original stuff that's kicking ass. Yeah. So see, it is possible to do original content and not have to do reboots and re- you know exactly. whatever. Just do original. It's not hard. Um. The, okay, so now going back to what we were talking about, trying to fill that void of medical dramas, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You guys there. know Transplant. NBC's already got Transplant, which was from Canada, right? It was a Canadian show that they brought over. Apparently, it is doing so well, they wanted more. <laughs> yeah. So now they're going after <laughs> nurses. Yep. Nurses is another Canadian hospital drama that they're going to add to the lineup uh, in December. It's the second Canadian show because we just told you Transplant was the first. Boom. Um, so this 10-part series, though, is set in Toronto, and it follows five young nurses working on the front lines of a busy downtown hospital, dedicating their lives to helping others while struggling to help themselves. Yeah. We don't know if that includes sociopathic tendencies. Right. Like, is that the problem with the sex life? Or, uh, that's another show. We don't know. We don't know. But we will find out what's wrong with these five nurses. Right. Why can't they help themselves? Are they too busy helping others? We don't know. I'm you pretty should... excited about that, though. Hopefully it doesn't like depict doctors as arrogant douchebags because i mean you know i feel like a lot of the the grunt work is pushed off onto the nurses and like you know rns and shit so i mean it's going to be interesting definitely a different perspective for a medical drama it is i mean if told from the point of view of nurses you don't see that very often Mm so nbc yeah look at you yeah grabbing from the upstairs neighbor it's fine (laughs) it's fine it's good uh sony Nothing. Uh, now over to MGM. Spider-Man is filming, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It's filming. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Oprah, the one and only O that matters, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Brad Pitt, yes. are teaming up together to produce a film adaptation of Ta-Nishi's uh, Coates' best-selling novel, The Water Dancer. Yes. Oh. oh the I mean, Water Dancer. Yeah. I, I mean. This was on Oprah's book list. Of obviously. course. I mean, that's I mean, where all these come from, right? Duh. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be following Hiram Walker, who was born enslaved and lost his mother at a young age. Uh, after almost drowning in a car or in a crash, a carriage, when he crashed a carriage into a river, Hiram discovers that he has a mysterious power related to his long lost memories of his mother and struggles to understand it. There's a lot of supernatural shit going on. There is. Have you guys noticed that? Like, Supernatural is going off the air, and now I feel like everybody is trying to fill that void. Yeah. Like, let's just do whatever we can to find some supernatural, creepy kind of woo stuff to fill that void. Uh, it makes sense. It does make I sense. I mean, that show was on for like 8,000 years. So it's going to need somebody to come in and fill that void, and who better than Oprah and Brad Pitt? Exactly. That's all that's what I'm saying. Uh, this, this is what I was talking about. This right here. This is too much. Uh, Lionsgate, they have announced that... Night Has Fallen. Gerard Butler is coming back for a fourth installment of the Has Fallen franchise. And he'll once again play his guy, Mike Banning, as a former Army Ranger who worked as a protective agent of the Secret Service. (gasps) Too much. It's happening too many times. I I understand they're entertaining, blah, 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 but this is very cookie cutter. All of these... All of this franchise is very cookie cutter. I don't disagree with any of that. (laughs) 
but I still loved all of them. Exactly. I liked all of them. And if they go further with the Nick Nolte story, because Nick Nolte in the last one played his dad. So if they go further with that, I'll be really excited. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's one of these things where it's just like, okay, I'll go see it. It's kind of like <laughs> the, the Fast and the Furious. You hate that they keep making them, but you still go fucking see them. It's a fair point. So, I mean, so, you know, I, I feel like that's what, that's what the Olympus stuff is. It's a fair you don't want to hear that they're going to make another one, but your ass will still watch it. So don't say that you won't, you know. So, uh... <laughs> anyway, this one surprised me, though. I, I don't understand this one. Apparently, Spyglass is going to do a remake of Short Circuit. Johnny Five, you remember Johnny Five? The robot Slurpees, you know, Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy and yeah, yeah. That, that one. They're rebooting it. Oh. Why? I know. Johnny Five, you don't touch Johnny Five. You don't touch Johnny Five. You just don't do that, man. Short Circuit was really <laughs> uh, good. Don't fuck with the 80s, okay? You're bringing back all this 90s shit, but don't fuck with the 80s. Just leave it alone. That shit was too good. <sighs> That's okay. I'm done. Are you done? Okay. I'm okay, done. Okay, catch it. Uh, heading over to Netflix. Uh, they <laughs> I short circuited. I was yeah, like, out exactly. of it. They have renewed, surprisingly, Emily in Paris for a second season. Everybody knows, starring Lily Collins and Dustin Lowe. Yeah. I do. I loved it. <laughs> Set up uh, at the Paramount Network, but moved over to Netflix uh, the summer, and of course launched uh, the start of October. And I mean, it got a lot of backlash from France and Paris, but apparently not enough uh, because everybody loved it. Yeah, everybody loved it. it. Was huge in the ratings. It was one of Netflix's top ranked shows. Um, so there you go. Look, everybody says the people in France are rude. Right? Like, sure. I mean, that's not like a new thing. Like, like, this show wasn't the first to ever address that or whatever. But I think as the season went on, it kind of played both sides of that. And you got to see that Americans are arrogant and think they know everything, too. And, you know, it's I true. think they kind of played both of those sides pretty well. And by the end, you were more wrapped up in the characters than you were, you know, the whole France thing. Yeah. So um, I'm excited, though, because it was left on a cliffhanger. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. And I love Lily Collins. Yeah. You know. I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Emily in Paris, yeah. round two. Round you know, two. they actually film it all in France, though. That's like, pretty cool. Like the entire thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, Netflix is playing out the box. Hell yeah, man. Definitely. Uh, Netflix has also given a season three order to its huge freaking superhero show, The Umbrella Academy. Yes. Uh, it's set to – production set to begin for the 10-episode third season in February. Uh, films in Toronto, Canada, and of course, everybody's coming back. And of course, the uh, executive producer and showrunner Steve Blackman will also be back as well. Yeah, I don't think you could do it without Ellen Page. She no. had to come back. Yeah, I mean, you know, but the entire cast is coming back, and that's rare. Yeah, normally I, when you see these shows, if you get past season three, somebody leaves. Yeah, right. But no, the whole cast coming back, so that's exciting. Exactly, and I mean, Netflix is also rounding out the cast for its fourth and final season of Ozark. Alpha. Alfonso Hera uh, from The Exorcist. I mean, so many other things. Uh, Adam Rothenberg. And uh, they're going to be series regulars. Yep. And Felix Solis uh, from 10 Days in the Valley, Charmed, so many others. And Damian Young from The Trial of the Chicago 7 and Homeland. They will both uh, be recurring characters in season three. That's awesome. Yeah, right? I mean, so much happening with that show. I, I still, like, I don't like their tactic of maybe three four seasons but i mean if you write it for that i guess but still as a fan like it 
It's hard. They addressed that, too. You saw they put out a statement saying, we do not cancel shit more often than anybody else. But you kind of do. You kind of do. You kind of do. So maybe this was their answer. They put out that statement, and then they renewed all these shows. Right. So I don't know. Well, it's just interesting because literally, like, I don't know. It's (sighs) Because everybody knows they're in a lot of debt. So, I mean, of course, they got to cancel some shit. But at the same time, they set things up as their, like, number one show and then they cancel that show. Yeah, like away. Yeah, well, a brilliant show, but apparently just too expensive. And then right after season three of Stranger Things, oh, season's four coming out, but then it's gone after that. Yeah, like I don't know. Man. I don't know. The, one thing we do know about Netflix is they like the Hawk family. They do. They do like the Hawk family. Uh, Camilla Mendez, you know her from Riverdale, of yes. course. Everybody knows her. Uh, and Stranger Things is Maya. Hawk, that's Ethan's daughter, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, they're attached to star in Strangers, a feature film from director Jennifer Caton Robinson. The film is described as a subverted Hitchcockian dark comedy featuring the scariest protagonist of all, teenage girls. Oh, I can I can attest to that. It follows <laughs> Drew, who's the alpha it girl, and Eleanor, the beta alt girl, uh, who after a clandestine meet cute team up to go after each other's bullies. Mm. Oh, all right, all right, yeah, okay. I, I'm going with Camila Mendes is probably the alpha it girl. Probably. I'm just saying. I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but I don't see her as the like the alt girl. Yeah, I just don't see it. Agreed, man. Agreed. And like daughter. Yes. Father is also have a good relationship with Netflix. Ethan Hawke, Peter Skarsgård, Riley Kinnop, and uh, they're, I mean, they're coming for The Guilty, an yes. upcoming film for Netflix. Yeah, Skarsgård and Riley Keough have joined Ethan, because, uh, you know, we, we remember that's the one we talked about last week with Antoine Fuqua. He is going to be directing that. And then uh, Paul Dano, we should say just a shit ton of other people, too. Like, everybody in existence on the Batman film yeah. has joined this film, so when they're done filming, they're going to apparently hop onto this one. I don't know. But Skarsgård and Paul Dano and uh, Riley and then Ethan, that's an incredible fucking cast. It is good. So, I mean, and then Antoine is just going to bring the shit in on that. That's going to be awesome. Exactly. And Netflix also has acquired the world rights to social justice drama Monster. Mm. Based on the award-winning novel of the same name, centers around like a 17-year-old boy honor student from Harlem who is charged with murder and thrown into a legal battle that could land him in prison for the rest of his life. Mm. Damn, very relevant right now. Very. Yeah. And I mean, after the huge success of uh, of Chicago 7, I'm betting they're jumping all over stories like this. Oh, yeah. So, um, good for them. Definitely, for them. man. Definitely. Uh, Amazon. Amazon's doing some things. Thanks some for some stuff. Uh, Jamie Foxx is set to produce and star in Amazon's The Burial. Oh. Yeah. Uh, based on a true story, after a bankrupt funeral home, owner decides to sue a rival businessman and over a handshake deal gone wrong. The owner hires a flamboyant attorney to handle the case. I think Fox is going to be the flamboyant attorney. You think so? I mean, maybe. I, I, don't, I, I mean, he could be the creepy you know, funeral home owner, but That'd I just think flamboyant lawyer. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. I think so too. You excited about this next one? We're finding more people to this. This is right? that crazy like thing that we were talking about, about the psychiatrist. And it sounds like Bob. Do you remember that movie with Bob? It was, um, uh, you, no, you probably don't. Yeah, Richard yeah, Dreyfus. Uh, you know, no, no, you know. Okay. No, no. Let me, let me just go back. Catherine Hahn <laughs> is joining Wolf Ferrell and Paul Rudd <laughs> in the Apple limited series, the shrink next door. We told you guys this about it a few weeks ago. The shrink next door is, uh, the movie that's going to detail the bizarre relationship between psychiatrists to the stars. Dr. Isaac Ike 
Hershikop, and that's Paul Rudd, which makes total sense. Paul Rudd is a uh, therapist that makes total sense. Yeah. And his longtime patient, Martin Marty Markowitz, played by Farrell. Han's going to play Phyllis, Marty's younger sister. So this is going to be interesting because more and more plot details are coming out about this. And basically, I guess Marty just injects himself yeah. into his uh, psychiatrist's life. Like, literally makes himself the the president of an organization, moves into the same town, kind of just, like, literally crosses every boundary possible and becomes, like, part of his... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I love Catherine Hahn and Will Ferrell. They've worked together numerous amount of times, uh, stepbrothers. And I mean, Paul Rudd, a part of that group. I think it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. Paul Rudd. Come on. He's perfect in everything. 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 I mean, Just the man does not age. He uh, doesn't. <laughs> he looks exactly like he did on Friends. Exactly. Like, ugh, exactly. It's just not right. Speaking of someone else who doesn't age, Jonathan Sadowski. He no. does. He does not age. He does not. I mean, this guy is doing anything and everything, and I mean, it's working because he's like on the top of his career, rocking and rolling. He's got so many stories, and I'm so excited for everybody to hear this interview. Yes, me too. And this guy, speaking of, COVID has not slowed him down at all. Nope. He's working on like literally 18,000 projects. We were lucky to get him and have him talk to us. And so wait until you guys hear this, man. He's definitely one of the funnest, probably, and most real interviews we've had because this guy just does not fool around. Yeah, Mm. completely agree, man. Completely agree. Well, here he is. Jonathan Sadowski, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you doing today, man? I am uh, super quarantined right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. We should say you're up there in the old Canada getting ready to shoot something, right? Great white north. Yeah, man. I got up here. Uh, I have, uh, including today, five more days stuck in my hotel. Um, but I'm making the most of it. There you, know? you go. There you go. Well, we yeah. are super stoked <laughs> to have you on. <laughs> Just took just took a nice walk around the kitchen. I might just take out the bathroom later. <laughs> oh man, we should have done this video. We could have gotten a tour, it right? Been great. Nice little exercise time. I mean, you know, that's it. That's it. Well, look, man, we're super pumped to talk to you. We've got a lot of listeners who are huge fans of yours. Uh, one of them being my daughter for sure. She said to say hello. Uh, her name is Emily, and she found you, of course, on Young and Hungry. So she's a huge fan, also. Ah, uh, Emily, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, she's gonna love that. Oh All my! Right. You just made her whole day with the shout out. All right. <laughs> so well, twenty oh. bucks. Twenty, <laughs> bucks. 20 <laughs> bucks. It's on its way. I'll there Venmo you, you. I'll Venmo you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what we like to do, just to, just to kind of start off and everything, is kind of do a little introduction to the listeners who may not be familiar with who you are or, or what you've been kind of doing. And so, how did you get started in the industry, man? Was it something you always envisioned doing, being an actor or a performer? Or did you kind of fall into it, or how'd that go, man? Yeah, I studied theater in college. Um, you know, I, I kind of grew up performing. I, I uh, played music, and you know, I did I did some school plays and stuff like that in grade school. Um, and then when I went to high school, I was an athlete. You know, I, I wrestled and played football and baseball, ran track. And uh, I went to this all-guys Catholic high school that was, you know, very uh, – it was great academically, but it was also a, kind of a kick-ass athletic program there. Right. So uh, I, I didn't really uh, do too much in the arts while I was there. Yeah, I was a member of the Fine Arts Club, as, you know, as an extracurricular. But as far as actual performing, I didn't do any of that. And then uh, I went to college as a finance major. Mm. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, I come from like the South side of Chicago and like, you know, I didn't grow up with money and sure. I, I kind of felt that you know, when I got accepted to the, to the university of Illinois finance program, they were number one in the nation. And I was like, well, you know what, this is it. I was gonna, I'm going to be an investment banker and I'm going to be rich and that's going to be it. <laughs> there you go. my, my sophomore year, I don't, I don't know if I can cuss on this or not. Oh yeah, absolutely, it. man. You, it's wide open right, on the so show, I man. Was fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, one of my, 
you know, I was like, I just want to be an actor. That's, you know, it's what I, I've always wanted to do. And one of my close friends said, you are an artist. And he said, do you want to be an artist behind the desk, behind a desk for the rest of your life? Or do you want to be an artist on stage? Mm-hmm. And that was all I needed to hear. And, and I, uh, I met with the head of the business program and, and I, I was able to transfer out of that. And then, you know, my first major audition was for the acting conservatory at the university of Illinois. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, I wound up, uh, funny enough, they want to like, uh, you have to audition to stay in and the, uh, acting program too. They, I, I was one of two people that didn't get accepted to stay in the program. Oh, <laughs> oh. like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it, it was, a, it was, it was comical. Like the teachers there completely exuded, like, if you can't do teach, like literally. And, uh, one of the teachers, one of the uh, instructors there, you know, when I, I said I wanted to move to LA, but I, you know, my parents wanted me to have a degree. She's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, your looks will only get you so far. And I was like, <laughs> oh. like all right, this, this meeting's over. Right. So I walked across the hall to, uh, the head of the performance studies, uh, curriculum. So in, in college there was, um, acting performance studies, which is like, you know, directing, playwriting, stage right, management. Right. And was also the design school for like costume, makeup, you know, set design. So I walked in and his name was James Zager. And I said, Hey James, you don't know me. Uh, I was like, I didn't make it into the studio of acting. I want to move to LA to be an actor. My parents won't let me leave without a degree. How quickly can you, quickly can you get, a, get me a diploma? <laughs> and he goes, that's the most honest thing I've heard in my career. And he goes, let's get you, let's get you a degree. Fantastic. So I changed my focus, I changed my focus from um, acting to directing and playwriting, mm. um, which I actually learned so much more about theater in that, in that program with him. And then uh, I, uh, I did an internship in the summer of 2001 for Linda Obst uh, on the Paramount lot. Mm-hmm. Linda's a huge pr- uh, producer. And then I uh, went back, finished my last semester, graduated in December, worked one month of construction in the winter in Chicago, bought a one-way, oh, plane, ticket, rough. Bought a one-way plane ticket, moved to L.A. with 300 bucks in a duffel bag. And now I'm talking to you fine people. Oh, my goodness, man. So inspiring. It's one of the things we, we enjoy most about uh, you know you and, and, and why we wanted to talk to you so much because you have this just like go get it attitude where like if you want to be an actor, go be an actor. You know, like what the fuck are you doing doing anything else if that's what you want to do? And like if – you know, you got to take the leap, right? I mean you got you to gotta just go out there and, and make it happen. That's what I – you know, when I was talking to Jeremy, I said the same thing. I was like, look, you know, first things first, like I'll give up every everything and moved to New York or LA. Right. Like if you want to be an actor, no reason for you to stick around in Alabama. Like, you, like there's, there's just not, I mean, sure. I'm sure you can submit some self tape auditions and stuff like that, but you want to immerse yourself in the industry and you want to immerse yourself with industry professionals. That's what, that's how you're going to further your career. Mm. Um, and you know, another one of my, my pet peeves is when people say, you know, oh, I'm going to give it a few years. I'm going to give it a few years. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like that's not, you can't, you can't go into this with that mindset. It's like right. you either want to be an actor don't want to be an actor like if you you don't go you know i'm going to give architecture a few years if it doesn't work out i'm going to do something else exactly (laughs) you either want want to be architect or you don't want to be an architect right and yeah so i I, it's it's a grind and you know i i one of the decisions i made when i moved to la was that no matter what i was not moving back home um and i figured every time someone else moved back home that's one less person i'm competing with Mm. and you know and it's it's like it's this industry like i said it'll eat you alive and it's a doggy dog business and um, and it's just, and ultimately it's about perseverance. So like I said, to just, to kind of piggyback on my talk with Jeremy, like you want to be an actor, give it all up and don't give up. 
That's it. That's it. I well, love that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's literally an industry built on rejection, and you got started with a rejection. You didn't get into the school. So, you know, the acting program. So, I mean, I love that. It's like in an industry built on no, you got to forge your way and just stay until until yes happens. Exactly. And, you know, it's – look, there are – sure, there are some overnight successes, and there are some people who move out here, and they the first thing they book is a giant TV role or a giant movie. But that's that's like less than 1% less than 1% of 1% of people that come out here. Right. You know, and you just have to be comfortable knowing that it's going to be a grind Mm -hmm. and you have to be comfortable going, knowing that you're, you're, you're going to have to work a side job. Um, and you know, the goal should be to, to earn a living as an actor and however long that takes, you should just stick to it. And if you can be happy doing small roles here and there, go for it, like do it and, you know, slowly climb up the ladder. But if that's something you think you're not going to be happy with, then this business is just not for you and that's nothing against you. Um, and there's plenty of other ways to, you know, there's community theater and there's, you know, theater programs in cities and stuff like that. And I highly recommend, and I encourage people to do that. But if you want to be in the film and television business, you have to be okay with co-stars. You have to be okay saying, you know, one or two lines here and there and doing a few of those a year and maybe not booking a pilot for 10 years. You know, that's just the reality of it. And, uh, it's a special breed of people. And, but, and, you know, I, is it is it miserable? One hundred fucking percent. <laughs> um, but is is it the most satisfying thing ever when you book something? One hundred percent. Absolutely. And that's what I do. I couldn't. I you know there's the grind and you audition all the time and it's constant no after no after no. But I can't imagine my life without that. Mm, exactly. I mean, I I can only imagine how many people go out there with stars in their eyes, like thinking I'm going to be the next best leading man. I'm going to be the next Leonardo DiCaprio. But yeah, you have to just be okay with who you are. And sometimes you're just not that person or not what the role is looking for. So you just have to be okay with what you are and what you can actually learn from being on set. We have so many people that come on the show that just talk about the invaluable experience they just get being on set, learning from a casting director, a producer, the director. You can learn so many different aspects just being on set, being like a day player. 100%. And, you know, I think there's a serious flaw in in what you said as well. I mean, there's so many people that, that moved to LA wanting to be Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. or Charlotte Brown or Angelina Jolie. And you have to understand that's, that's because your ego and that's you yeah. wanting to be famous. You know, that's not you wanting to be an actor. That's you wanting to be a celebrity. Exactly. And there's a very distinction between the two, you know, as an actor, you have to be comfortable, you know, not being rich. You have to be comfortable grinding and stuff like that. And, you know, all, like I'm, I'm super fortunate. Uh, you know, I, I busted my ass and I, I, I am, I am, in my opinion, I'm, I'm successful at what I do. Right. I make a good living, you know, and I, I, I am working and that's all I can ask for. Um, and you have to be okay with that, man. You have, you can't go in there trying to compare yourself to, to Brad Pitt. Right. You're just going to be, you're going to be severely disappointed. Yeah. I mean, but let, let's be honest about it. Even Brad Pitt's that, that's a great example. And, but Brad Pitt d- drug it out too. I mean, you know, he, he was small time on, on freaking Dallas and like, you know, he had to make his yeah, way too. Right. You can't just go out there. Brad Pitt did not go out there as Brad Pitt. Exactly. I mean, you know, like the Brad Pitt that no, we all right. know. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's just, cra- and that, that brings me, uh, cause I love, I love this story that I heard about you though. When you were talking about how you were getting trolled on the internet and, you know, this guy was just coming at you about you're a B rate actor and you're on C rate shows and you're this and this and this. And you, <laughs> your response was, all that may be true, but you change with, you know, lives with me in a heartbeat. I fucking love that answer, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true, man. 
It's true. You know, people like it's like people try to insult you because you're doing what you love. Right. right. And that, that's a reflection of them not doing what they love. Exactly. You know? It's yeah. almost like a sense of like jealousy. Like just because you have the simple nine to five job, like putting food on the table, there's nothing wrong with that. But you're also not doing what you actually want to do. You never got the chance to chase your dreams and go out and do that. So now you're kind of sitting behind a keyboard, behind a phone, and typing out all your opinions. It's kind of a double edged sword, social media is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. And it's like, look, man, I, I know what it was like to fucking scrub toilets in a bar. You yeah. Know? And while I was trying to be an actor. And I'm like, and I know where I'm at now. And if I'm like, well, dude, if this is a fuck, if this is the life of a sea list, sea list actor, I can't wait to be a sea <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I'm doing fucking, I'm doing fucking great. That, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, where the fuck does this guy live? Because if that's unsuccessful, I'm like, I want to be unsuccessful. Shit. Like, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I must be doing something wrong. I mean, shit. I, he's in movies and television shows. He got a nice house. Like, that's unsuccessful. What the fuck am I doing? I mean, yeah. I, it's just you know, crazy. But, you know, I'm glad you yeah. brought up the struggle, though, because, you know, there was one point where you were even, like, on a show and still bartending. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people realize, like, oh, well, if you book a show, that's it. I got money in the bank. I'm good to go. But not necessarily the case, right? No, not at all, man. I was bartending, and I was uh, I was recurring on that show, American Dreams, right? Um, with Will Aspez and Tom Barrick, uh, uh, Brittany Snow. And um, I was still bartending at this place called The Golden Gopher in downtown L.A. Mm. And... Uh, and my manager and agent at the time on Sundays, that's when the show aired and I would bartend Sunday nights and we'd come in and I'd have a little TV set up and we would, <laughs> we would literally watch my episode as I was bartending, you know, that's fantastic. And, and dude, I swear to God, guys, I swear to God, there was like this one time with like, you know, there, there was like just drunk people at the bar and they're like, well, you, you're trying to be an actor. Like, good luck, man. And I was, I literally just pointed at the TV. Right. Screen, like, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even, I just like pointed at the TV screen. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. Oh. Uh, so, so that must have been like, uh, I guess, fun and challenging though, right? There, there you are. You're, you're tending bar. You had to have been recognized. You know, you got the douchebags that are like, oh, you're trying. But there had to be people that also recognized you, right? And you're like, what the hell? Why are you, yeah. why are you tending bar? You're on TV. Of course. And I think it's such a misconception that, that like once you start acting, you're successful or like you're, you're successful enough to, to not have a side job. And right. That's just not the case. And, you know, it's, it, I, I'm not going to lie. It is a knock to your ego because, you know, <laughs> can imagine. When it, it just, it just is man. And like, you know, when you get recognized for the first time and then people like recognize you because like, you're like, Oh my God, you're da, 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 da. And then they like come into the restaurant you're working at. And you like have to sit them at their table. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually happened to me. And yeah. And it, it is a knock to your ego. Cause like, you can taste it. You're like, you're so fucking close right. to being there. Right. You know? Ugh, yeah, and you just want it. You want it more than anything. Exactly, and I bet it's all about the grind. There's beauty in the struggle. I mean, obviously, we see that from your career early on, starring in things like Entourage and The Good. We're huge Jeremy Piven fans. Oh yeah. So I can only imagine oh, the story you have with him, like on any one of those sets. I have quite a few that I will not get into. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that true that you were really at at Ratner's house? Is that is that true? You filmed there, and kind of that yeah, whole thing went down. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, that had to have been crazy right there, dude. It was like I shoot. I showed up to to set, and it was just like 
200 like smoking hot models. <laughs> and I, was, I was just like, where the fuck am I right now? Like, yeah, it was crazy, dude. It was crazy. Uh, But I mean, it had to be the experience though, because at that point, you know, that show was the one that everybody wanted to be on, right? Because everybody in Hollywood's talking about like, this is the most real interpretation of the shit that goes on here. And everybody was kind of fighting to get on that show. So to have the opportunity to pop up had to be awesome, man. Do you want to hear a funny story? Hell yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I turned the role down. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's clawing and fighting. You're like, (laughs) they offered me the role and I said no. Wow. And there was a big debate. Like we got a nasty phone call being like, who does he think he is? Turn this role down. People would kill for this role. And they didn't realize that my agent and Doug Ellen, who created the show, were best friends. Oh. So my, agent Doug, my agent called Doug and was like, uh, just so you know, like the people are talking about my client like this. And we got a very nice email from Doug and an apology and, and uh, a little bit of a pay raise. And I wound up doing the role. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I love yeah. that though. This is the kind of shit you don't hear places, you know? You got exactly. it like the real shit that goes on. That's fantastic. So what was yeah. okay? Well, now that you shared that, we got to know why'd you turn it down? Like it just wasn't what you wanted to do or like what's the story behind the turndown? It it wasn't like it turned out so originally the role was um it was much smaller. And uh I was just like I don't need to do this role. It's like I, you know, it's not it, it just wasn't for me. And they want, then they want to combining these two characters together into what, what basically happened on, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, then it, it made sense for me to do it, but it's like for me to go in there at this time after, you know, after the body of work I had done up to that point, I was like, I just don't need to do one, one line role in a TV show just because it's entourage. Like I don't, you right. know, I just don't need to do that. Love that. So exactly. Even yeah. if it's a huge show, like you're at this point where you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I like, it's fine. Yeah, because the whole point is to continue to grow, right? Exactly. Not go backwards. So you know, yeah, it all worked out, and the role wound up being great. And you know, it, you know, a lot of people, you know, were very complimentary about the the episode and stuff like that. So everything everything worked out. So I, I can't be mad about it. No, definitely, no. definitely. So, like, okay, I, I'm super curious about. Well, I, I got to bring this up. I kind of mentioned it with Jeremy, but I want to bring it up because I was a huge fan of the Twitter feed and the book. So when I saw that shit, my dad says was coming to TV. And then they said Shatner. I'm like, this is going to be fucking epic. Uh, you know, I was thr- I was a huge fan of the show, dude. I thought that that you played the character brilliantly. I thought the show was fantastic, and I was fucking pissed when they canceled it. Uh, it was a fan favorite. I mean, you know, it, it won People's Choice Awards favorite new comedy. It's like people loved it, and they fucking canceled it. I was so pissed yeah. off about that, dude. dude. We were getting over 10 million viewers an episode, right? Damn. And people I mean, would other, kill for three other, now. That's like that's a hit. That's a smash. Yeah. 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 I mean, just nowadays, like I said, you would kill for three and and you'd be rolling with three million. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think our premiere, we hit like 13 million viewers. Oh, huge. Huge. And that, dude, that whole show, man. Oh my God. The story of how that whole thing came up is crazy. So I auditioned. I'm trying to remember exactly how this happened now because there was so much fucking going on. So I auditioned. Dude, it, it was it was nuts. I auditioned for shit my dad says. They wanted to test me for it. Mm. But then I got a straight offer to do this like completely improvised pilot with Larry uh, with Larry Charles. Oh. So uh, I met with Larry and this thing was like brilliant. So I turned down the screen test for shit my dad says. Um, and I wound up doing this pilot. 
for uh, for Larry for Fox. So the pilot for La- that I did with Larry for Fox it was like with Mick G and all these great cast characters, Nate Cordry, PJ Byrne. It was wow. amazing. Yeah, uh, it winds up not getting picked up, and then they cast my friend Ryan Devlin in the role in Shit My Dad Says. Right, oh, shit. and then then Shit My Dad Says gets picked up, and then I get a screen test for um, this other show called um it was called i think it was called friends with benefits maybe or something like that okay um and then at the same time i they wanted me to play the like the elijah wood role in wilfred Mm. oh shit so i had to say no i said no to wilfred because the money wasn't there right and then i yes to the screen test for this friends with benefits thing they cast elijah wood and wilfred I didn't get the role in Friends with Benefits, and then, and then Ryan Devlin gets recast, and they brought me back in to screen test for shit my dad says again, and I got it. Wow, that is a lot going on. <laughs> like, it was like so crazy. I was like, like my head was spinning, man. My head was spinning. Yeah, well, and then I guess I mean, but there had to be a certain sort of chemistry that had to work because it's Shatner. So I mean, you had to have that shit just like exactly right. Um, talk about that though, because uh, you know it's been back and forth in Hollywood for years and years and years. He's he's a pain to work with, or he's the nicest guy ever. So which one is it? Like, like is he a pain in the ass, or is he the nicest guy ever? I've always been curious. I think he's a mix of both. <laughs> <laughs> the honesty, I there love you it. go. And I can say that. Like I, I, I know Bell, and like he's he's a good guy. Uh, he was always nice with me, um, but you know, I, I think with everybody, you just have to know how to deal with people. You know, yep. you have to know what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, and you have to know what lines not to cross. Uh, and you know, like there was one day on set. This is fucking epic. Where <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, this is like a fucking holy shit. What are you doing? Story. We're shooting in front of a live audience, and. Uh, there's a scene where we're like in a baseball shop or something like that. Like we're like baseballs or something like that. Right. And so there's extras all around. And literally right before we're about to do a take, like we're rolling camera, an extra walks up to Bill and goes, uh, hey, can I get your autograph? Oh, no. <laughs> like, swear to God. And, and Shatner's like, get my autograph. Get, get, fucking, get, get him out of here. <laughs> like, like guy gets escorted off the stage. Oh, shit. And it's like once he said that, I was like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> what are you thinking? Right? Dude? Like we're, we're, about to, we're about to roll. We're rolling camera. We're about to do a take. And you go up to the fucking lead actor and ask him for an autograph. Right? Oh, like, dumbass. Yeah, you're never going to do this again. (laughs) (laughs) This is the guy who came out of the basement and took his shot, man. Yeah, exactly. And it (laughs) failed miserably, right? Like... He was like a Trekkie oh from the beginning God. and was just like, fuck it, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That was his only role. <laughs> um, what a stupid fucking Right? Dude. Oh, my gosh, man. That is so great. <laughs> love that. I love, yeah. And I could just imagine Shatner having him escorted off the set. That's got to be brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, well, I got I, before we move on. I just want to tell anybody who can find that show and watch it, do it because you'll be you'll you'll be amazed. It's a fantastic show, man. I really enjoyed that one. So, uh, thank you guys so much. That's very kind of you. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the flip side of it because you've been on a series that was extremely popular and then got the can for no 
apparent reason whatsoever. Right. And then you, but you've seen the other side of the industry too, where you jump on a show like Young and Hungry and you have that successful run, you know, 70 plus episodes for a series of four or five years. Talk about that. Um, cause I'm always curious about everybody. We know the good side to that, but it, are you ever worried when you get into a situation like that about maybe being typecast as you're so familiar as Josh that this is what everybody wants you to do now kind of a thing? Talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, yes and no. I think that's that's what good actors do is they, they change characters from show to show. Right. Um, and one of the, the things I love and that I'm most proud of about my career path this far is that, you know, I, I love the fact that people can watch She's the Man and then watch, you know, Die Hard and then watch Young and Hungry and be like, wait, that's the same actor? Right. <laughs> okay. So I said I was that guy in all of them. Right. Um, that that me, that's the biggest compliment, you know? Uh, like, fully embodying a character and is wonderful, and that's why we do this as actors. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I think there there is always, you know, that, that risk, and it's... You know, it's frustrating because after 71 episodes of television, you know, like people still call me Josh. I'm like, that's not my fucking name. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, like, Josh is a fictitious fucking character, you know? <laughs> like, it, it's so frustrating. Oh, another thing, it's like people, man, it's like, dude, that show ended three years ago. People are like, when is season six coming out? It's like, <laughs> uh, just use your Google machine. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Go fucking watch it on Netflix. It's on there now. Like, right. come on now. Google it. Like when is season? It's like guys, just it's the, the, the show's dead in the water, man. Exactly. Um, but you no, know, it's. I mean, if I have to trade being typecast for being on a show for seventy-one episodes, I'll fucking take the show for seventy-one episodes any day of the week. Hell yes, hell yeah. Well, well, Adam West said that he's like, look, if I have to put on the Batman costume, at least I know for the rest of my life I've got a role. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I might be putting it on at World of Wheels, but I'm getting paid, and I'm okay with that. Like you know. And I mean, it seemed like such a good family dynamic on that set too. I mean, the chemistry was all there for all seventy-one episodes, and like it's honestly really fun to watch. I mean, we. Every, like damn near every dinner we have like, we sit down and watch Young and Hungry <laughs> and I mean true. I gotta say you're honestly one of my favorite characters on the show <laughs> thank you so much man of course <laughs> how uh, was that very much. did you have to have a chemistry with Emily I, I would imagine you, the audition process for that it, it had to be just right as well right oh absolutely yeah absolutely um, that's you know that's the same thing like you know you do these, these chemistry tests mm-hmm. and uh, and um, like you know I did the same thing with, with Shatner when mm-hmm. during the screen or for uh, shit my dad says, you know, you do anything, you see which who has the best chemistry. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done that with many people, uh, like many famous people. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it's just not fucking there. Right. Know? Yeah. Right. And, and, that- and that's, it's nothing, it's not a knock against you as an actor because you have to understand anybody who's an actor out there listening to this podcast. If you make it to that stage, if you make it to a screen test, they want to hire you. Right. Like, Casting. Casting directors want to find the guy. They want to find that role, you know? So that is not a knock against you if you don't get the role. It's just not, it just wasn't yours. Like, but getting that far is, is a success in itself. And, you know, there are so many things that go into play at, at that point. It's, you know, it's really out of your hands. So just getting that, that position is, is a step. So if you guys do that and don't get the role, don't beat yourself up over it. I, I love um, that. I but, love that. All yeah. about having that positive because, like you said, they, they clearly want to hire you. And we've had several guests on the show say that was the situation. They were put into a file or in a drawer and held for another role that they knew that they would be right for. The casting director's like, we got to put this guy somewhere. Let's hold him until we find a role that fits him. And, you know, you never know, right? Oh, 
Well, dude, the guy, so for the final screen test for uh, Young and Hungry, it was myself and Jason Blair. Mm. And and Jason Blair, they want to bring him back to play my brother on the show. There you go. Like, you know, he did like two seasons on the show. It was, you know, uh, yeah. So it's, it's you know, it, getting getting to the screen test is one thing. Booking it is a whole other thing. But, you know, yeah, there has, like, to get back to the question. Uh, yes, you have to have chemistry with Young Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. That's great. Well, to get a little off the entertainment industry a little bit, we see you're a foodie. You see, we see yes. you like to cook, man. We've been trying to heat. Dustin's been uh, cooking a lot. I've been more on the baking side. Uh, what got you into cooking? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I grew up in an Italian family. Right. Um, my, my dad was Polish. My mom is Italian um, and Sicilian. And uh, I grew up, like, all, all the husbands kind of moved in with my, my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in this big, like, Italian household, and we'd have, you know, a big Italian family dinners every Sunday. And, you know, it was just a lot of cooking. And I was making homemade ravioli and homemade pasta with Ooh, my grandmother when I was yeah. a kid. And um, that just kind of started it. And then, you know, I've, I, I've just always been a fan of good food. And when I came to L.A., my first experience with fine dining happened when, with my first job in L.A. I became a host at this restaurant called Campanile, which mm. um, Mark, Mark Peel and Nancy Silverton owned. And um, I was kind of thrown in, and it had just won like outstanding the James Beard Award for outstanding restaurant, right? Basically, right. the best re- the best restaurant in the country. And um, and I was like, holy shit! Like it, I had never seen food like this, you know. Mm-hmm. And I never, you know, I'd never been around that kind of like cuisine and just fine dining culture. And I fell in love with it. And uh, it's just random. I just like randomly started hanging out with like meeting more chefs and uh, like like Michael Voltaggio and Andrew Zimmern and, you know, they're just like Graham Elliott in Chicago. They're all my boys. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, you know, I thought of competing on fucking chop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely want to bring that up. I mean, come on, man, you chopped. Like I would kill to compete on chopped. I mean, like, what was that like, dude? I, I'm sure it was horrifying. Dude, <laughs> no, I can imagine. <laughs> it looks horrifying in the edited down version. I can only imagine what the shit is really like. Dude, it's crazy, man. Like I was getting picked up in my hotel. We shot it in New York. I'm getting picked up in my hotel at like 4:30 in the morning. Damn. I mean, you're cooking appetizer around at like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh <know>? shit! <laughs> Literally. Oh, so like, goodness. cook, cook steak and lobster with the fucking like, yeah, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> And a fucking milkshake. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Really, it is, they take it very seriously. You do not know the ingredients before the show. Mm -hmm. And it it is hectic, man. It's like you are on a timer. And uh, it was, it was fun. I I love comp. I love competition. Like, I am very, very competitive. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was fucking an awesome experience. Yeah. And you lost to a chef, like an actual chef. So I'd say you did pretty well, right? right? It's like. What kind of bullshit? That, right? <laughs> yeah, even though he's a celebrity, he's still a fucking chef. That's right. right. It's supposed on. to be an amateur. What the I, hell? You know, I, know, I think for my first, like for my first cooking show, I, I was, uh, and I actually got a cooking like a travel show, uh, a food and travel show out of that from Food Network. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, but I think I, I, you know, I'm holding my head high. I thought I did pretty well. Hell yeah. Know. I'm going to throw this out there. I think that you should like pop up on John Favreau's chef show, bro. I think it would be epic. Just your personality and the way you are and the way you act. I could totally see you and Favreau cooking something up in the kitchen. That'd bro. be badass. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> that would be epic, dude. You know <laughs> yeah. let, let me call him right up yeah, after this we'll and work that him. out for you, we'll all right? Text 20%. <laughs> I tell you what, you you work that out. You call me, and I'll come. I'll, man. 
I'd love Take for that to happen. Let, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, oh man, so good, so good. So how have you been? Okay, cooking. That that you know that's what I've been doing during quarantine and everything. How have you been dealing with that? Let's get back to the kind of serious shit that's kind of going on now in the industry and everything. Um, how have you been dealing with quarantine? How you been keeping busy? Obviously, your appearance on quarantine, which, dude, yep. your episode and you and your cop, I think was like just hysterical from start to finish. How you kept a straight Thank face and did much. all that was beyond us um but thank you so what else have you have you been doing to try to like you know stay productive during this time dude i am so busy right now bro <laughs> i am i am producing oh i'm i'm like about to start shooting this you know netflix series up in toronto mm. i'm producing a, a, a big film for hbo max right now uh i'm also producing a film with john legend's company get lifted um, I'm producing this like speakeasy magic show in Los Angeles. I'm writing this immersive dining experience for uh, Neil Frazier at Redbird in downtown Los Angeles. I have like a lot on my plate right now. Yeah, like, you're, busy <laughs> you're, you're a busy man. You're a busy man. I mean, so so you've been slacking the whole time. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> it's like I know. Wow, dude, man, uh, that that the Netflix, HBO it's, Max, it's, and John Legend. What? I mean, the HBO Max film is the only one that kind of we're, we're we're not on a timeline, but you know, we're, we're, there is kind of, it's kind of time sensitive. Yeah. So, uh, it's a, it's a Christmas film and it's, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so that's the only one that's like been taking up a lot of time. We're, we're trying to lock up some of our, you know, the rest of our cast right now. We're hoping to shoot in January, but the other stuff, you know, it's, it's going to be a process, you know, like, uh, this, this movie I'm doing for HBO. Like I, I, I read this book three years ago and now we're finally about to start shooting it. Oh, wow. So awesome. that's, that's how long it takes to get this thing going. But now that we're finally in, you know, in the home stretch, it's, you know, the, the work is picking up. Mm, I love that. That's awesome to hear. And with like, you know, theater shutting down and could probably barely survive after all this, do you think it's a good thing to go more towards the streamers rather than like network programming? Or like, what do you think about that? Because it seems like streaming is just kind of taking over the whole entertainment industry. Streaming is taking over the whole entertainment industry. Uh, that is a fact. Uh, I there is a lot of money going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the content is amazing. Uh, there's not as many restrictions like you know the shows you see on Amazon. You're not going to be able to watch on CBS right. or ABC. Um, so I think that you know they're they're taking the cinematic elements uh, of movies, turning them into these great TV shows. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. You know, yes. you know? But uh, and they're you know they're there's just so much money and and talent and star power going into television and streamers these days that that I don't know how you know theatrical releases really compete with it you know like there you're talking you know 35 45 55 million dollar movies on on a streaming platform right which is that's a big movie you yeah know? <laughs> absolutely and 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 with international appeal and and with the reach that these streamers have you're guaranteeing a hundred million people see it you can't guarantee that at a theater so no. uh, I mean 100%. Yeah, and I mean, you see the industry channel. I mean, what in the past several weeks we've seen all the biggies, the, the big five, all making the move, reorganizing towards the streaming. So, as a creator, I would imagine that's got to be really exciting, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just look. You know, NBC has Peacock now. You know, you have Warner Brothers with their streaming platforms. It's uh, everybody's everybody's going to it. Yep. Um, I think it's I think it's inevitable. Um, 
it's, it's really funny. Though. I read this. I read this funny joke like not too long ago. I said, it's, "There's so many streaming platforms out there now. It's only a matter of time before someone starts bundling the streaming platforms and comes out with basic cable again." <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be Apple. Right. They're, I mean, seriously, they're trying hard to bundle them right now. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that's good stuff. That is yeah. good stuff. So yeah, so we should mention though, like you said, you're producing, you write, you're theater. I mean, you're you're just a man of many skills, dude. Aside with the cooking and all the stuff you do, but I mean, I, I think the, the the most inspiring part because we do have a lot of people that uh, you know our listener base is a lot of people that are trying to break into the industry, and uh, I I just think your attitude and your approach on how you go at it, dude. The realism that you have, the fact that it's not going to be easy, it is going to be a grind, but it's all worth it when you get a yes, and all the kind of stuff, dude. It, it's so inspiring to have you talk and for the people to hear that because you're a shining example of somebody that can have long-term success and, and if you do it with the right approach and you have the right attitude. Thank you so much, man. That means a lot. Um, I, I just, I don't think there's any sense in, in fluff pieces in this business that I've decided to do. Uh, I, I don't think it, it benefits myself or anybody else trying to do it. And if I can give some worthy advice to people trying to break in, uh, I think being, honest is the best thing you can do. So, uh, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me too. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in a position to actually where people actually give a fuck about what I say. (laughs) 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 Oh, like, you know, your opinion matters. Uh, well, thank you. So that, that means a lot guys. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Of course. And now for the hardest question of the whole whole interview, what shows are you watching right now? I'm on this new show. It's not even new, but I'm fucking obsessed i'm obsessed it's this super weird japanese show called midnight diner Ooh, on oh. netflix okay it, it's incredible the story it's like a master class in storytelling it's like this japanese sitcom soap opera thing about this this guy who has this diner that opens at midnight and he closes it at 7 a.m and it's like it's basically cheers but about this diner in in japan Oh shit! Oh shit! Now, okay, now I have to look that right. up. That Gotta sounds check fantastic. It out. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, his whole thing is this: he only has one thing on the menu, but whatever you ask him to make, as long as he has the ingredients, he'll make it for you. And it's like tying these 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 characters. Um, like every character comes in, and every episode is kind of about a new dish, and like what this dish it ha- means in that person's life, and why they always order it when they come in. It's just brilliant. I mean, and they're short; they're like twenty-five minute episodes. Nice. But the amount of ground they, that these these people cover in the 25 minutes, it's like mind blowing. It's mind blowing how much of a story they pack into 25 minutes. Mm. As a writer, it's a masterclass, dude. Uh, yeah, gonna have to check it out now. De- like- de- definitely, because we're all about story, man. We say that constantly. We have the conversation all the time that so much entertainment now is all about blowing shit up and you know and, and, and special effects, and that's all fine and everything. But man, we're story guys. We're storytellers, and we love good stories, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, but, hey, I also have to tell you guys, I only got about, like, six more minutes, so I just wanted to be up front with you guys there. Oh, no, yeah, you're no. good. You're good. We can wrap that bad boy up. I mean, you already <laughs> – what we normally do at the end of every interview is leave a piece of advice, and uh, you left that piece of advice I, all over the interview. <laughs> so true. we love it. <laughs> <laughs> advice Jonathan says. Terrible. That's right. <laughs> what um, – <laughs> That's great. What pitfalls would you tell them to try to? I mean, we, we, all the advice was solid throughout. What pitfalls would you tell up and comers to try to look out for? Because it is a shady Dude, business, right? It, I mean, be careful. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Mm. 
especially in the age of social media and cancel culture, be careful who you surround yourself with. Um, that's, you know, my grandmother would always say, tell me who you hang with and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. And that rings. Yeah. Just be careful here. You want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. You want to be a party boy, surround yourself with party boys, you know? I love it. Love it. That's really going to help the up-and-comers that listen to the show, man. Absolutely. Okay, and you brought it up, social media. So where can they follow you? Because you're okay to follow uh, on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the promo. Uh, I actually am only on one of the socials. I am no longer on Facebook or Twitter. Okay. Uh, I find them incredibly toxic. Mm. Uh so I am on Instagram, and it's just my name, at Jonathan Sadowski. Perfect. We will make sure to direct everybody there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, man, so thank you for taking some time out of your day and talking to us. This was an absolute blast. And honestly, any time that you want to come back on the show, shoot the shit. We talk about industry news all the time. You can just come back whenever you want. I would absolutely love that, man. And look, I still got five more days in this interview. Or in this interview. Five, this is going to be a long interview. Hey, right? Like, <laughs> shit. Shit. He's going to go do the five and come back. It'll be great. <laughs> Uh, I still have five more days left in this quarantine, so I'm happy to to give you guys a call. The or you know once I get my freedom back and and uh, and while I'm shooting the show and give you the update on on Sex Life for Netflix. Hell yeah, man, that'd be awesome. And then uh, the Christmas movie and shit. We'll have to have you on for a top five cooking segment or something right? like that. You know, that'd be badass. Top five dishes I mean, you like to cook. <laughs> We'll do we'll do a video we'll do a Zoom and I'll actually cook something for you. Guys. Oh, oh hell shit. yes! Now we'll hold you to that because yeah. I'm always looking for new recipes. That'll be badass. <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, dude. Listen, man. Take care. Uh, get through the rest of that quarantine, bro. I know that I know that's got to be like struggling, but you're handling it. And uh, just continued uh, success, man. Best wishes for continued success. You're killing it. You're a great guy, and uh, we could not be more happy that you joined us, dude. Hell yeah. Gentlemen, I am very appreciative. Uh, thank you, and uh, I do look forward to sharing with you guys again. All right, man. Take care now. All right. Have a good one, guys. You See too. Yeah, you too. Dude, that guy is epic. Really lives up is. to like every like thought I th- thought he would be. Yeah, and, and I just like I just his whole realism thing like <laughs> Shatner answer. Well, he's both. He's a pain in the ass and a nice guy. Like, exactly. I just love how real he is. It, no, you know, hidden expectations. It's like you know, this is how the industry is. This is how you got to do it, and just rolls with it. Yeah, man. and I mean that dumbass. I mean, you're about to fucking shoot a scene. <laughs> of course, you're not gonna walk up to the main star and fucking like ask him for. His autograph i can that's only, something like you pull somebody aside for what the hell I, I i can only hope that there is a picture of shatner's face when right. that happens like, somewhere like you know, like pointing him off that <laughs> they fuck that guy yeah dude, oh, i mean goodness. you're right though just I, I i love i love jonathan i just uh, it's those kind of people that we want to be associated with and, exactly and, and surround ourselves with you know like he said you are who you're around and we couldn't think of a better guy, right? Agreed, agreed. Thank you again, Jonathan Sadowski, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for the top five segment, man. Oh, yes. My goodness, oh my gracious. This one was kind of difficult because the more and more we went back on IMDb, we didn't realize this guy has a lot of fucking films out there. Yeah, I- <laughs> I'm shocked. Honestly, when I first saw the category, I was like, oh, we're going to have some repeats. Yeah. But we did not. Mm-hmm. We did not have any repeat. Ten films. No repeats, and when you hear the category, you're going to be like, really? I know, right? But it's true. Yep. Top five Adam Sandler movies. Yes. Like, didn't even realize this guy was in so many things. Yes. Literally. 
There he is. There he is. <laughs> but man, oh man, uh, my number five is probably a holiday one that I watch every single year. And of course, it's animated, so you guys know I love that shit. Uh, Eight Crazy Nights, mm. going in depth on kind of his Jewish background a little bit. And I mean, of course, animated Adam Sandler is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, and that just that whole movie, if you haven't seen it, it's highly underrated if Go watch it. Just go watch it. Eight Crazy Nights. Whitey. And I mean, so many different crazy people in that show. Like, it's great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My number five, I think, has to be on the list because, I mean, literally, if not, what is wrong? Yeah. Uh, number five, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. The entire I mean, film is worth the Bob Barker beatdown alone. Yeah. Just that scene. Or the scene where he's on his hands and knees telling the ball to just go home. It's your home. Those two scenes alone are worth the entire thing to watch, but the whole movie's hilarious. It is. The whole thing is good. So you should definitely watch that one. You know, Apollo's in it. Apollo, uh, you know, and the alligator, and just, there's so many things in that movie now that I'm thinking about it. The, them up in heaven, and you know, it's just all of it. Watch it. Happy Gilmore. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, my goodness. Right. Uh, my number four goes to The Water Boy. My, my mama said, my mama said, <laughs> Bobby Boucher, Bobby Boucher, <laughs> girls are the devil. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, everybody knows we're kind of uh, a little bit from the South, so we can connect with that shit all the way. Like, oh man, I lived in Cajun country exactly. for a long time, so I know, I know Bobby Boucher's and, um, he did a pretty good job. I'm not gonna lie, he did a pretty good job um, interpreting them because yeah. he was pretty, pretty, pretty uh, accurate. That one's such a classic. It, it really is, and and uh, the beloved Henry Winkler. Yeah, I mean, can you not? I mean, I mean you gotta love a film that has Henry Winkler. Seriously, right? and I just, yeah, I, I just great. Stuff. So good. All right, my number four. How can you not love this one? <laughs> Adam Sandler and the legend himself, Jack Nicholson. Yes. Anger management. Mm. So good. Jack Nicholson angry? What? What? Oh, what? No, no. But the idea of him playing off of Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler just annoying the ever living shit out of Jack Nicholson and him trying to maintain the cool. Yeah, that's all I can say. That's it, right there. That's all that matters. I mean, like, and then they spawned a TV show off of it with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah, But the movie's fantastic. Yeah, Watch the movie; it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness my number three goes to mr deeds oh man i mean everybody kind of puts themselves in the shoes of mr deeds uh as a figure of speech i mean you know you're just sitting chilling have a pretty decent life and then all of a sudden you inherit a whole bunch of money that would be somebody's dream but then i mean of course consequences come with that that's I mean, right a whole bunch of shit i mean people try to screw you over and but hey, it's just a really good movie man like if you haven't seen that one be sure to go check that out i freaking i love it when him and um uh, i forget the tenant the legendary tennis star name where they they get drunk and they start throwing shit at the car um what the fuck was his name? John Macaron? Yes. Yes. So good. Yes. So good. It's so a brilliant movie. It, is. it on it honestly is. It's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Um my number three, Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Yeah, baby. 
I'm talking about Big Daddy. That's a good one. And Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. I just love Joey Lauren Adams. I think she's just uh, one of my favorite actresses. So you have Adam Sandler, Joey Lauren Adams, and then the Sprouse twins. How can it be bad? Exactly. And it wasn't. It was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Big Daddy is hilarious. If you guys haven't seen it, it's about him and the little kid, you know, yes. and he's taking him in and, you know, wants to adopt him. And, like, you know, it's a great movie. It is. It's a great movie. Watch it. Watch it. It tells you how long ago it was, though, because I said the little and they're like grown ass men like, now. Yeah, but it's still, <laughs> it's a great movie. It Watch is. it. Definitely, definitely. Well, my number two goes to Fifty First Dates. I mean, Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler. Their their like chemistry is like spot on. And I mean, I saw an interview where Drew said anything that Adam ever needs her for, she's like right there. Um, so I love their chemistry together and plus the concept of him literally loving a person so much that he will literally introduce himself to her every single day so that she can understand him and feel the love that he will always be there and it won't just be her alone with her dad and her brother. Such a good movie and especially like in a mental health standpoint from like people if you meet people prior to or post, like, they will be there for you no matter what. Like, there are good people in the world. So I think this film, like, does a good job of representing that. So, yeah, Fifty First Dates. And I watched that one a lot with uh, my stepmother, Jody. So that was kind of a film that we bonded over. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good yeah. story. Good story. Yeah. And now, what's that you say? Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Great, great chemistry. Great chemistry. They work well together. They do awesome movies together. Hmm. hmm. Let me think. Mm-mm. The Wedding Singer. Of course. Duh. Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler with that great chemistry, beautiful love story. And it's, hello, if you love the 80s and 80s music, this is your film. Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler, and 80s. Enough said. Yeah, the wedding singer. It. Right it's there. it's like honestly one of my all time favorites. Yeah. I do think they work really well together. Uh, I mean, they have a really great chemistry, like you said. And just if you haven't seen this movie, you need to see this movie. Great. Period. His mullet, the blue <laughs> so tux, good. the blue tux. Come on, I mean, you got to see it. Hell yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, my number one should have been on my reboots and remakes, but I completely forgot about this one. Uh, The Longest Yard. Oh, my goodness. So good. I saw this one in theaters so many freaking times. It was insane. I even had the soundtrack where Eminem and D12 did a song. But, I mean, come on, guys. Adam Sandler, Michael Irvin. Like, you got freaking uh, Terry Crews. You got Nelly. You got Chris Rock. Of course, you got uh, what's-his-face from the original. I mean, I'm so disrespectful. Burt Reynolds. Yes. For disrespect <laughs> for forgetting the name. But for which there would be no, yeah, you know. Exactly, no, exactly. But it's such a good movie. And I mean, like we've talked about before, like Adam Sandler actually really shines in his dramatic roles. Agreed. So I mean, yeah, the longest yard, my number one. Yeah, and, and I'm just gonna keep with that. Uh it really shines in his dramatic roles and maybe his most dramatic to date, most out there away from Bobby Boucher for sure. I'm talking about my number one uncut gems mm. holy shit yeah that was intense it was if you guys have not seen this you wouldn't even just it's not even on the realm of possibility that that's adam sandler yeah like if he didn't look like adam sandler you'd swear it was somebody else play i mean it was full out drama from start to finish a chaotic ride of drugs and sex and and gambling and and alcohol and addiction and like just all of these things combined into this like just insane story it's literally one of those where you like 
you want to like the main character, but then you also get mad at like every single decision he makes because he's kind of an asshole. Yes. And fucking, you're like, ah, don't do that. But oh shit, you're kind of genuine in that moment. But I'm, yeah, like literally the whole time you're like on the edge of your seat, and then the finale, everybody in the theater we went and saw it was like, oh shit. Yeah, because like, it, it out of nowhere, like you're not expecting the the end at all. No. And then, but there it is. So I hope he does more of these. I hope we have. I don't get me wrong. I love the comedies. I love oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I I really think this is his transition and way to go now. I, yep. I would love to see more of these type films. Completely agree, man. Completely agree. We left off like Little Nicky, The Grown Ups. Like, there's oh, so much Adam Sandler movies. That All we the didn't Transylvania even movies. Yeah. Like uh, just um, Chuck and Larry. Oh Chuck my God, with Larry. Kevin James, yeah. where they pretend to be gay for the benefits. That thing was fucking hilarious. So just good. so many really great movies. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. Damn, man. Damn. Oh, now heading over to the box office recap. Oh, man. It's a slow week, but fuck COVID. Uh, <laughs> number one was Let Him Go. Yes. Uh, select theaters maybe near you. Uh, 4.1 million. Number two was Come Play with 1.7 million. Number three was The War with Grandpa with 1.5 million. Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> uh, number four was Honest Thief with 1.1 million. And number five, Tenet finally dropped below a million dollars at $905,000. There you go. So. I, I, you know, I'm kind of happy to see the number one, 4.1. It's Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, if you guys don't know. Um, and, you know, he they decided to work together again after Man of Steel. Yep. Kevin Costner said he was so impressed with Diane doing that movie together that he wanted to work with her again, hence how this movie came about. So yeah. let him go. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do in the COVID. Uh, it's exactly. just that's where it's at. Exactly. Well, new movies that are coming out possibly near you. Uh, Reckon, uh, Freaky, Come Away. Uh, eh, what, what is that one? Ammonite? Ammonite and uh, Dreamland. I'm going to predict Freaky is going to crack the top five. Freaky. Freaky. That's that one with um, the, the it's a remake um, with Vince Vaughn oh. where, remember, he's a serial killer You're, and they switch bodies yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. That's going to be fun. That one's going to be funny. Yeah. Uh, movies you can still go see and select theaters maybe near you. Toy Story, The Empty Man, Spell, uh, The New Mutants, and Love and Monsters. Yes. And check out, we have a great interview with the director of Spell. You can hear all about the story about how that came about, Mark Tundurai. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's a really great interview. Be sure to check that out. Definitely, definitely. Well, now heading over to the IMDb Pro Top Turning segment. Oh, man, we love this app. We season it with our food. We use <laughs> Cooked it steaks with shower. it just last night. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. good, so good. <laughs> I mean, we literally use it every single day. Casting announcement, you can apply for a role. You can track the latest and greatest box office numbers. You can track your Hollywood idols. Like, so many things you can do on this app. It's literally the one-stop shop for the entertainment Industry. And as JLo always says, and if you're in a pinch, you can even use it as soap. Facts. Soap in the shower. Facts. Like <laughs> it doesn't have much of a smell, but you know, it gets the job done. It's no Irish spring, but it gets the job done, you know? Exactly. That's all right. Exactly. Uh top trending movie <laughs> is uh Holiday yes. uh, on Netflix. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Emma Roberts. Yeah, pretty decent. Pretty pre pregnancy. Yeah. Pre pregnancy. Yeah. Uh top trending TV show is The Queen's Gambit. Mm. Still gotta check that one out. Hang uh, tight for that. We might have some people from there coming. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Little, and little. uh yeah, a little tease, a little tease, a little something, something. <laughs> uh, Top trending star is Sean Connery. That makes sense. Yeah. Probably be Alex Trebek next week. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, 
Well, guys, I want to thank our guests one more time. Oh, man, Jonathan Sadowski. Come what? on the show. Oh, my uh, gosh. Man, be sure to follow him on Instagram. Doesn't use Twitter. Uh, Instagram, I loved everything he said about the freaking, like, social media and how it is now and how they approach it. I love when guests come on and talk about how they approach social media and how they don't And their use careers. Yeah. He was having no part of it. It's like, if you want to be an actor, be a fucking actor. Exactly. Don't do anything else. Just be an actor and don't let other people tell you what you should and shouldn't be. Exactly. Or make you feel bad. I love that approach. And we're going to hold him to that Zoom cooking thing because yeah. I want to cook with Sadowski in the exactly. kitchen. Exactly. I, wanna, I just want to do something. <laughs> we can't, maybe we can't make that Favreau thing happen, but damn it, we can cook together. It's yeah, fine. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> be sure to follow the company at social media at crazy ant media and of course you can follow the podcast podcast on social media yes. at itcaf podcast be sure to follow us both personally on social media instagram and twitter myself jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 that's right guys and you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast that's anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, podbean stitcher and so much more we're even on youtube doing the youtube things watching the youtube channels uh watch us get a little crazy be sure to hit that subscribe button button on our channel like this video and do all those amazing things ring the bell for all those great anita come on the show Danita. <laughs> oh my goodness it's so great guys it's so great and of course visit our website www.crazyandmedia.com like we said at the beginning of the show 15 percent off our all of our merchandise for this whole weekend let them have it uh, so <laughs> the 13th through the 17th be sure to buy up your crazy ant media gear christmas right around the corner you need to start shopping need that's start true shopping. And, and man it's getting cold those sweatshirts man yeah i'm just telling you they, they they are awesome exactly exactly well of course i mean the interviews are always so damn fun but i love i like talking about disney disney is like honestly one of my favorite things i mean especially with the hardships and the good stuff and I mean, their streaming service, it's going to be number one. It's it is. In, it's inevitable. It's going to be number one. Super stoked about WandaVision. Really excited. Yeah. Obviously, Disney, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, invested. Invested. And uh, so I'm happy to see the stock go up. Unhappy that I'm not getting a dividend, but um, you know it's all good. It's all good. Uh, I'm with you though. I'm just I really like talking to, and it's always interesting. Like we kind of said, the chess game between the mouse and the bunny. They really do kind of see what the other one is doing, and kind of like you know staying in that competitive zone as to who's going to be number one. So I love it, and who's going to knock off Netflix? Exactly. I mean, Exactly. Well, we already know who's number one in our lives and yours. And Brad Pitt's. And Brad Pitt's. The only O that matters. Oprah!